Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pierce Mind Podcast. My name is Matt Pierce. I am your favorite host, and we're back for another night. I'm glad you stopped in. First things first, though, let's hit that subscribe button. Maybe shoot us a five-star rating. Like and share us. Um, we've been getting a lot of views from you all sharing, and I really appreciate that. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback from people. Honestly, some people I don't even know at this point. Um, it's humbling. Uh, it makes me feel good that people are listening to the show again. And selfishly, it's good to get some of this stuff off my chest. Uh, today, you know, hump day here in uh, treatment. <laughs> you know, it's. I say this jokingly all the time. But honestly, it is kind of funny how jail and treatment are so similar. I mean, you got a lights out time. Your day is completely like slotted for you. You come up with the craziest ways to play games that you would play in the outside world, but really can't because, you know, the setting doesn't really allow for it. So you kind of make up your own rules. Um, you know, you got guards walking through, um, you know, they're called something else in residential, but you have guards and they're walking through, make sure that, you know, no one's shiving anyone and all the rules are being followed. Uh, and at the end of the day, they're hoping that you better yourself so that you don't have to ever come back. And honestly, I think the recidivism rate nationally is probably very similar. Um, so just a little tidbit I thought I would share with you. Um, I want to really talk to you about last night. So for like the last four or five days, maybe even longer, a couple of weeks, I've been having these dreams, like in every single one I'm fighting for my life. And I'm not talking like Rocky Balboa, um, you know, the uh, montage of prepping for the fight, you know, like I'm not at a gym lifting weights or, you know, doing like going to the doctor and like doing all this weird stuff. Nothing like that. Like... Sometimes it's my mom's kids, her other kids, attacking me. Uh, Sometimes it's the most random, I'm in the desert, uh, trying to hide from zombies and, you know, murderers who want to be in control over the zombie apocalypse. But there have been, last night I had one of two... Of the realest dreams I've ever had about dying in my entire life. And they've all been within the last few years. Um, Actually, I think I'll tell you the first one I had first. And it was right, right after I moved to Ohio. And I hadn't seen... I hadn't saw my new plant yet. I was in an apartment for like... I think I had like a week or two weeks. Because I think they ended up bumping my start date. But I had two weeks before I actually started the job um, to just kind of set my apartment up and get, kind of get ready for living on my own for a little while before Kim, Kim could come. And I had this dream that woke me up in the middle of the night, scared to death, in the sweatiest. 
I've ever been because of a dream. It haunted me. I was coming out of a building, which I thought was kind of like a warehouse or a school. It was kind of weird. I couldn't really like picture it perfectly, but I was coming out and there was no aggression. There was no strange things going on. I was coming out and I got into a truck that may or may not have been my truck that I was driving at that particular time. And all of a sudden, somebody gets up, sits up in the back seat, and starts firing a gun at me. And here's the thing. I remember to this day, I could feel the heat of the guns passing through. The guns, I'm sorry. Heat of the bullets passing through me, right? And then I could feel myself bleeding, and I could literally feel... But I can only imagine it is when you like, when if you were like something like that were to happen to you, I felt myself fading into darkness. And just before I completely went dark, that's when I jumped up. So I didn't die. And I don't think I've ever actually died in my dreams. And I know there's an argument out there and maybe you have some feedback on this, but whether or not you can actually die in your dreams. But I was just, that's as close as I had ever been to that point. Fast forward to last night. I told Kim this story, and let me tell you, she loved it. This is, that's a little sarcasm, as you'll hear why in a second. We were, I was married to my ex-wife. And it was a very odd relationship because she was dating who would her next husband, the guy she would marry after me. She was dating him. And somehow I started dating this other girl because Debbie and I were on the outs. So I started dating this other girl and we got married. But when we got married, like the whole time, like. Her dad hated me. He thought I was the biggest piece of shit in the entire world. And he was like, he had anger issues. And her brother had anger issues. And he was like, if you ever hurt my daughter. And I was like, don't tell me how to love her. I'll love her any way I want. Anyhow, we go out to a restaurant. And guess what? Freaking Debbie's there. So now she knows I have another wife. As you can imagine, did not go well. Because guess what? My new wife didn't know I was already married either. So now her dad is out to murder me. And we're driving around. I'm running away from him. For who knows how long. Obviously, probably most of the night I was sleeping. I run away from him, run away from him, run away from him. And then somehow we end up in a hospital and like people are shooting at him. But somehow like as he's going down, he like does like a twist and gets a shot off or a couple of shots off at me. And I didn't know he hit me. Right. I thought I was, I thought I had actually survived yet again of some of these crazy dreams for people chasing after me. But... Then I looked, I kind of looked down and I see red and then all of a sudden it just started gushing. I just saw this like 
avalanche of blood coming down me. And again, the same thing. Like it felt so real. I felt myself like being, it was harder to breathe. I even spit up blood. Like I was choking on my own blood. And I was going black, black, black. And bam, I woke up again, scared shitless, sweating. Just no clue what's going on. And I don't know if it's I'm having all these dreams because of my illness and like this, you know, this fear I have of being gone or what. But it is so wild. Like one time I started a riot, one dream I started this riot because my it was in my house. But my mom's kids were in the garage and they were hosting a bunch of people, a bunch of people watching some bullshit on TV, not in the living room or not in my man cave. Nope. They had to set up a whole, they actually moved the TV from my living room to the garage so they could host all these people. And you would think, well, that's because they can open the garage and then you could kind of have more people just hanging about. No, the fucking garage was closed and all the people were just hanging out there and it, drove me to madness so I started screaming and yelling and screaming and all of a sudden everyone started to attack me and I was constantly like I had ninja skills I knew karate and I was battling them all off left right left right but they still kept coming to the point where like my one my mom's second oldest I had to take and hit him in the head with a bicycle handlebar and then I had to run to safety I mean that's just the kind of stuff that's been going on for me lately or like one time somehow uh, Kim and I had this apartment and it was just Kim and I and it was this upstairs apartment that had two entries right it had the front door and then it had uh, uh, this back door that had stairs coming up, you know, which didn't make any sense whatsoever because the front door was level with the street level, was level with street, it was street level, but the back door, like literally you had to come up like 15, 20 stairs just to get to the living room. Made no sense whatsoever. Anyhow. My mom's oldest moves in because we're help. We want to help him out for whatever reason. I can't. I can't even recall. And he, um, so we're taking let him stay in the house, and he, but he decides he's going to do drugs in the house, and that was like this big no for us. I mean, yeah, you could smoke weed, but no coke or like anything else. And he was doing lines of coke in the bathroom, and I caught him. And so I was like, you, I lost my mind. I was like, you got to get out. You got to get out. Well, he snapped. He went like vigilante. He was like, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm kicking him out the door and I'm kicking him and I'm kicking him. And he leaves, right? And I think everything's going to be fine. I think everything's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden he comes back with the next oldest. And I go to lock the door thinking I outsmarted him. But guess what? That's how I found out there was even a back door. Because next thing I know, I'm running to this mysterious, to lock this mysterious back door. My second old, my mom's second oldest, um, 
to those kids. <laughs> oh, my God. He throws a grenade in my house. Because shit was getting real. Obviously, I kicked it back down the stairs, thankfully. But then they're coming after me with knives and everything else. And guess what? I go doing some crazy stuff. I'm somehow there's a uh what's that thing you do a uh, weed whacker just hanging around I grab it and I start weed whacking their faces I don't know y'all these are some this is a strange strange dream time but you know what, what are you gonna do like on part of it's like I wish I could remember them all because they are so creative and that lets me that, like, I may be super stupid sometimes or all the time. I may not be that bright of a cat, but I think there's some creativity deep down inside me. And I don't know if it's maybe I'm just afraid to go, like, explore it or I'm afraid of failure or what. But I think in my dreams I let loose. And, uh, yeah. Um, also... Oh, I wanted to tell you also, I don't think I spoke about this last night, but I tried this new food last night. Chocolate hummus, right? So I was totally against trying this chocolate hummus. And because it's hummus and who likes hummus? I don't anyway. I know you can tell, I can tell you that. I turn that shit down all the time. Um, But somehow somebody picked it for our little group snack that we do on Tuesdays. And I fought it and I fought it. But it turns out my dietitian is relentless. Which is actually a strong... A strong... Uh, it's a good thing for her to be. Especially having me as a client. Um, but she kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally I was like, alright, whatever. I'll try it. Y'all, this stuff tastes just like cake batter. Like, all I could think of while I was eating it is I was like, aren't you supposed to giving me be giving me stuff that... Makes me not want to binge. Because I could have ate that stuff for days. <sighs> I know that really has nothing to do with anything. But. You know. Sometimes that's what I do here. You get a little bit of random shit popping in and out. Uh. I literally just went completely brain. Just bloop. All of your stuff is gone. Oh, also, I don't know if I told you now that some stuff's coming back here. I have decided to do a little self-reflection. And how I'm going to do that is because I am constantly running my mouth. Um, not just on here. But everywhere, uh, talking to the DCSs, trying to get the other clients to actually talk to me, which isn't going very well. Um, and so I'm just constantly running my mouth. So I decided today that I'm not going to talk outside of group and my sessions for, you know, a few days, a couple days. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, today was very difficult because I'm, I had to really stop myself, um, and remember that I was trying to do something different 
and I was trying to get like, you know, do an opposite action, kind of a long-term opposite action. So I can get maybe some better understanding of why I think the way I do or why I get so defensive at certain things and why I lash out and why I don't think before I speak. Um, so we'll try it again tomorrow. I did talk to DCSs, you know, I made that my thing. I would talk to DCSs just to like, you know, so they knew I wasn't being, uh, upset or anything. And I could relieve some concern from them, but I didn't talk to any other clients outside of groups and, uh, sessions. And it was hard. Honestly, it was kind of even more lonely than I usually am, even though it really wasn't that different because no one actually usually responds back to me. Some people completely ignore me, but the fact that I wasn't trying to engage, like it kind of made me realize like, why am I so needy for attention? Why am I so needy for people to like engage with me? What? What am I missing in life that that is such an important thing for me? Because it's the same thing at home. I don't think I shut up at the house either. I'd have to ask my wife, but I mean, outside of getting locked inside of some TV, but I'm constantly yapping my jaws, making up random songs to stuff Kim says just to hear my own voice, just to like remind people I'm around. Like, that has to mean something, right? Like, it has. there has to be a connection with, like, something that I am so desperate to be heard. Because it was really hard today not to talk. And I bet you tomorrow will be even more difficult. But it was good. Like, I learned a lot. And, you know, sometimes you gotta do difficult things, you know, to break through some stuff. And I've kind of just been doing the same thing my whole life. So why not try some new shit? Some out-of-the-box stuff. Uh, Probably won't be popular stuff, but it's out-of-the-box. And it's... It's interesting, to say the least. And I had a couple people, you know, asking me how I'm doing and asking me if everything's okay. And obviously... I think I told one person just because around here, if you tell one person something, usually it's going to spread like wildfire. So, like, I think after our first group, I was just like, I'm not upset. I'm not, like, this isn't specifically for you, but just so you know, I'm not going to be engaging with people outside of group or my own treatments for the next few days. And they were really cool about it. And actually, they might come on the podcast here in the next few days um, as I try to get some guests on here so you don't have to just hear this voice all the time. Also, I'm trying to find a different place to podcast because I know like I move around on this bed a lot and it makes for a lot of noise that I can't seem to find a way to get rid of in GarageBand for the iPad. But uh, so we're, we're working on some stuff. I really am like excited about this this like current run of the show I look very forward to it on a regular basis I did have to reach out to some friends today because after one of ours uh, 
groups. It was kind of like talking about group norms and it just basically what I got out of it was like to talk to anybody anymore. You literally have to ask, is it okay if you could say anything? So I reached out to uh, some of my friends and said, is it me or is the world just fucked up? Like everyone talks in like keyboard talk. So like IRL or BRB or LOL. And people don't have conversations anymore. The conversation is gone. And you can't have like, uh, you know, and you either, and everything you say is going to trigger somebody out there. This world is like, it's trigger valley. And I felt the way my friends explained it to me was that I may be just getting old and the world is passing me by. And I'm sure a little bit that it's true, but I also think a little bit of it is, I think we are getting soft as a humanity is getting soft and nobody's allowed to be like uncomfortable or have their feelings hurt. And I'm, you know, and I'm not saying we should set out to hurt anybody's feelings, but geez, like the fact that you can't even talk anymore without like triggering somebody is overwhelming for me because it's like, what do I say? I'm someone who thinks conversation is beautiful. And I think that you kind of got to be willing to like maybe get uncomfortable. There's things I want to know about, but I'm like, is this going to trigger this person? And it's just, it's just overwhelming. I think we're heading toward, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy, but I think we are well on our way in the next couple of generations. If we, if the world's around long enough and we don't blow ourselves up uh, with World War III, uh, then I think we are heading straight for a really just, I don't know. I think we made these things today called zines, which is something I learned about today. And in my zine, which is basically like a, it's a basically it's a handmade little like eight page uh magazine and that's kind of where that last word's taken from uh and something called i think a fanzine so it's kind of an old school idea but like it's like this little like six to eight page booklet and in mine i put uh the two things i got before art was over was i put that civil discourse is dead because now you can't talk without someone being triggered or not being appropriate or you know it makes me uncomfortable this isn't what we talk about in social settings and 800 other things and then the other one I put you're either a sheep or you're cancelled because that's it. You either join the herd and you pick a side and you believe everything that side believes is the is the absolute Bible. And if the other side has anything to say whatsoever, even if it's technically basically the same thing you're saying, how they say it, it is wrong and it's terrible and you can't believe they think that way. 
At least that's the black and white world I see right now. Through these uh, fog-colored glasses. Anyhow, I'm going to jump off here. It's been a while. And I'm out of things to say, so you have a great night. Again, share us, like us, follow us on Facebook, and we will talk to you tomorrow.